Living Life Fuller, journeying toward independence through homeschooling, homesteading, and a whole lot more. Welcome to Living Life Fuller, episode number seven, Anti-Social Studies, Choosing Your Homeschool Social Studies Curricula. Now, obviously, that's a little bit of an inside joke. You know the stereotype. Homeschoolers are antisocial, but you know what? It's 2020 COVID. Uh, we're the normal ones now, so joke's on you. Anyway, I just want to say hello once again. Big delay between the episodes here. It ended up being a pretty busy month between uh, our last episode and now the, the turkey the massive turkey was a whopping 38 pounds going into the oven. That's fully dressed. That's not before we we butchered it. That was in the oven. In fact, it was so big I had to tie the legs down to the handle on the roasting pan just to get the thing in the oven to begin with. Uh, and we had turkey for a few days after after Thanksgiving. It turned out great, though. Yeah, it really actually was a pretty good bird, and it, it kind of got done a little bit faster than I thought. We did have to throw it back in and, and get some of the, the, you know, the legs, the joints, you know, cooked a little bit longer. But we were we cut the thing up anyway before family got here, so it worked out pretty well. Yeah. And since then, we've cut up, or butchered rather, another five turkeys. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, four or five turkeys, and I shot a deer the other day, so we butchered that thing and put it in the freezer. So I'm done butchering things for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been the the month of butchering things, and yeah, we're like Stephanie said, we're we're kind of over it at this point. But you know, it's good keeps meat in the freezer, keeps variety in the dishes. Um, the kids like the variety. They were asking you for something. They wanted goat chow mein and um, venison stew. Yeah, we haven't eaten any of the venison yet, but uh, you made some goat something a while back. Maybe it was maybe it was the chow mein we had last time. I don't remember. It's all kind of a blur. It's that time of year. Anyway, um, heading into Christmas here this week, so looking forward to that. Uh, today, though, uh, let's talk about the drink of the episode first before we get into our social studies stuff. Uh, we are drinking a 2010 Cabernet Sauvignon from... Chateau Julien in Monterey County, California. This was a gift from one of my coworkers, Christmas gift, a couple of bottles of wine. So thank you very much, Michael. It's pretty good. Uh, I like it. Think? It's it's not too dry. It's not too sweet. It's really well balanced. Yeah, I was actually expecting it to be a little sweeter, seeing how light it looks. You know, when when the light's shining on it, you can you get quite a bit of light coming through the glass, but it is pretty well balanced, kind of cherry and, and maybe a blackberry or something. It's uh, pretty good. Yeah. So, Steph, let's launch into this uh, social studies. It's a broad topic. It is, but at the same time, you can get so down the rabbit hole in one subject. Uh, tell me a little bit about your public school experience with social studies. Well, you know, everybody kind of covers the same stuff, it feels like, as you're at least within your school district. Um, you know, you have a little bit of history, a little bit of geography. Um, you get into junior high and they start splitting it out into more of a specific subjects rather than um, an all-in-one social studies thing, right? So you might have uh, something that's um, world cultures or geography or history specific. I guess maybe more high school than junior high. But, um, you know, I, I had some classes that were a combination of culture and geography, um, world cultures, and add some, you know, your standard history 
classes where mm-hmm. you kind of do anything i don't know like it was like kind of pre-vietnam one semester and then post-vietnam u.s history the next semester and you got post-vietnam i'm pretty sure that's where our school stopped teaching history <laughs> i got two weeks of the kennedy assassination because i had one one social studies teacher that really really liked to dig into all that kind of conspiracy theory stuff but that was the same teacher that earlier in the semester just told everybody to pick a subject or picked an event that fell in the whatever time span we were studying and we just got to each do a class project and present it to everybody else. That's what we did too. Um, you know, pick pick a topic from uh, 1960 to the year 2000. And so it was everything from the moon landing to the uh, Bill Clinton sex scandal, like just all in there. And then you're tested on everything. It's like, hey, I have no idea what happened, you know, the Bay of Pigs invasion because that person really sucked at their report. <laughs> Do you remember what you did for your projects on those? The Bill Clinton sex scandals. For both of them? I uh, th- no, that was the one, the one right, right. project that I did. Post- oh, both scandals. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant both time periods or whatever. Or did you guys just? It was. Have it one? was. It was. No, it was that broad. Like. Oh wow. Sixties through the nineties. So I remember for my whatever post nineteen sixty or post fifties, whenever the the break was uh i did woodstock mm-hmm. which was actually kind of interesting i, I learned did you a get lot. to play music in class for your presentation i don't even remember but i remember for my my first half or my early u.s history uh i did something from world war ii and my my best friend tom and i we built a model of dachau concentration camp uh out of two by four scrap and and string so that was kind of interesting, but it's, yeah, like you said, it, it's all over the place, especially with the history. I mean, I feel, I feel like by high school, most of my history teachers were coaches who needed, needed to teach something. And it was either like all six weeks of videos on the civil rights movement or memorize the name and date for the test sort of teaching. I did have in junior high uh, a really great uh, social studies teacher when we were learning about uh, South and Central America, turned his room into the rainforest and cranked the thermostat to like 85 and would randomly spray people with a water bottle. I kind of like some of the things from from some of my, I don't know if it was like world cultures class or what, but we got to make food from a country, like either a country our ancestors came from or we just picked a country. Uh, and that was kind of cool because you just, you heard like a little mini presentation, not like full on reports, but just like a kind of a bullet point presentation. Um, and then, you know, of course you have like your government class, your, your semester or whatever you have required government, which is honestly pretty basic stuff you know it covers kind of how the government was founded and the you know bicameral legislature and the the executive and judicial branches and a little bit about your state government government and we didn't i didn't have a really political government teacher you could kind of tell that's rare yeah i mean you could tell where he he stood but he wasn't real pushy about it um, which is kind of good, um, but it's actually one of my my better teachers, I guess, or one of my favorite teachers, um, at least in terms of social studies. 
but i think the point is like everybody has these experiences that seem like they touch on little bits of things and sometimes they're scattered and part of that is because I mean, social studies like i said is so broad and history i think there's more of it every day you know <laughs> yeah so in the homeschool environment how do we pick and choose what we're going to do? I know this is probably one of those areas where we've probably both had some input on the on what we're going to use. Yeah. Um, a little bit more so than maybe the reading or the math. We've both brought a lot of ideas to the table on this. Um, so why don't you start out? Why don't you talk about uh, the My Father's World stuff that you use that covers the various age groups that you can kind of do on the rotation? Yeah. So... Um, like you just said, it's, it's one area where we we both have a lot of input, whereas most subjects, I just say, hey, this is what we're going with and why you want to check it out. And, you know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, so for most of the core uh, history, we use my my father's world, and that comes in a five year repeating cycle. So when the oldest kid is in about third grade, you start this cycle and it does a year of geography, which is like countries and cultures, maps, etc. And then uh, another four years of history chronologically. Uh, it's a Christian curriculum, which is one of the reasons we chose it. So it goes from creation through the ancient Greeks in the first year, a lot of Old Testament Bible history and with that. Uh, Rome through the Reformation period in the second year, uh, exploration to 1850 in the third year. Well, I guess it'd be the fourth year, but th the third history year. And then uh, 1850 to modern times in the last year. So this year we are on a geography year and it is our second time through the cycle. So Lorinda has completed all of those once. And now we're going back through them. So it's the first time through the cycle for uh, Gabriella Macy. Well, yeah, Gabriella Macy, uh, Omri, and even Oliver likes to tag along. And Lorinda is just bumping out of it and into the high school stuff. So I guess it's my second time teaching it. <laughs> so each year of the cycle has all sorts of fun things in it. It's got projects and workbooks and things like that uh because it's a five-year cycle the younger kids just sort of jump into it when they're ready uh they will some of them will repeat some of those years when they're older so the same thing you do in second or third grade you might do again in eighth grade but just at a more advanced level um, history is one of our <laughs> together subjects so all of us do it together whether you're six or 14. And as the kids get older, they they can introduce some of the other materials that aren't maybe appropriate for the younger kids. You know, we we have like the uh, World War One, for example. We had the Dan Carlin podcast, um, which is the Hardcore History podcast, really, really in depth, um, really good episodes covering the history of World War One, and they're like hour, hour and a half long episodes. Right, so in depth. I learned a ton from that, but just fantastic for. Lorinda to listen to, not so much for the younger kids. Um, there's, you know, different things like um, building a model castle or um, we're doing cultures right now. So we have been doing food from each of the countries that we study. So 
when we're done studying the United States, we made bacon cheeseburgers. And when we're done studying Mexico, we did tacos. And um, the kids are really looking forward to Asia. <laughs> I and some some other things I add, because like I said, we're eclectic. Um, I added in something called trick geography, which uses mnemonic devices and the shapes of the countries to help you remember them. Uh, so, for example, you're doing the, the United States. Pennsylvania looks like a pencil box. Okay, so that helps you remember the shape of Pennsylvania. And the capital is Harrisburg, which sounds like Harry Bird. I drew a Harry Bird with the pencil from the pencil box. Um, and that has been really helpful, especially for the suspected dyslexics who would really struggle with just memorizing a list of states and capitals or countries and capitals um, because it gives them something else to remember them by. And it, it works really well. Even Oliver, you know, at, well, he's six now, just had a birthday day after Thanksgiving, but at five, you know, he was able to do a lot of the states just going through because he knew a lot of those little pictures and things. Yes. Yes. He does. He does pretty well with the uh, countries, too. We're doing European countries right now, and that's been going really well. Um, some other things I've been using are uh, Highlights Magazine has these secret agent puzzles, and, you know, it comes with a coded letter. Something was stolen and gives you a list of kooky suspects. And you it have, reminds you, a little bit of like Carmen Sandiego for yes, those, it does. those of us that are of a it, certain age of it does. the 30s. But it, com it comes with a puzzle book um, where it has various either math puzzles or logic puzzles or picture type puzzles. Um, that you have to solve and the clues for the puzzles are in a book about whatever country you're studying. So it's a great way to get in some facts about a particular place while you're just uh, playing this game. Um, that's something that the younger to middle kids really enjoy. Lorinda had some of those when she was younger, but that's something I do with some of the younger kids now. I think it was one of those things we got the subscription and just kept getting them in the mail and yes. weren't getting through them fast enough. So I started, I started stockpiling them like, oh, these would be great for the next time we go through geography. Another thing that I add in are documentaries. Like he mentioned the uh, audio history one, but uh, just documentaries on the TV will go through. Say we're studying Europe and I'll go through, okay, so there's these different uh, climates and regions in Europe. So I'll find documentaries about the wildlife or nature in them. And then I'll find others about the history in them. Or we've been watching a lot of uh, Rick Steves Europe over lunchtime. So we'll, we'll take a break from the book work and pop some popcorn and sit on the living room floor and watch a Rick Steves Europe. And the kids actually really enjoy those. Which service is uh, the Rick Steve series on? That one's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really good one. I find myself stopping in the living room on the way back from getting lunch, back going back to my desk and stuff and getting tied up watching those. Um, really well done and covers a, a wide variety of things and some of the stuff that's off the beaten path as well. Yeah. Uh, he had several different episodes for different countries. So when we were studying that particular country, we would spend 
that week going through those videos. He had tons of them from Italy that uh, the kids liked. And we took a slight Christmassy detour this week and he had a Christmas in Europe special and the kids watched it and the girls came up with this list of things that we needed to incorporate in our Christmas that they got from these other Christmases. They wanted gingerbread like Germany and they wanted oysters like France and they want they want me to make mince pies but I nixed that one and but but the best one was there, there were there were a couple good ones was it they, Austria or was it they uh, want in they wanted to sled down a hill with torches uh, which I believe was Austria or Switzerland. I, I think it was somewhere, yes. Uh, and, I thought it was somewhere in Scandinavia. It doesn't matter, but... It's... And they wanted... Oh, Austria was the cannons. They, right, the they hand wanted, cannons. They wanted hand cannons to scare away the evil spirits or something to that effect. Uh, fireworks might have to uh, make do. Torches and cannons. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do fireworks instead. <laughs> No, it's great though. Like a lot, I mean, that's stuff that I just, I didn't learn about that kind of, kind of thing in school, you know, and it's great to just watch some of those things and, and just, you know, be entertained, but, but learn some stuff at the same time, you know, and, and I learned a lot of stuff from them, you know, it's not just one of those things where the kids are learning stuff, but I'm definitely learning things as I, even as I'm just sitting in the, in the bedroom at my desk and over here in the TV or walking through, like I said, you just find out so many of these little details that you just never knew yeah and and between the my father's world stuff and the things that i've added it always amazes me how much they actually retain because the things they've learned from history or social studies come up in random conversations sometimes with them yeah another thing that we've introduced for lorinda this year she started high school is the uh, the Liberty Classroom, which is a product from Tom Woods, who is a podcaster and uh, he's a historian from Harvard and Columbia, I believe is where he went. And so he's, he's, he's very well credentialed, but he, he does podcasts mostly these days and, and writes some books and things. But he has a, a, a product called Liberty Classroom. And I'll put a link to that on the show notes page, or you can go to livinglifefuller.com slash Liberty Classroom. And what that is, is it's it's like college level stuff, and he's got several different people that have put together the various um, the various sections on there, and it's everything from uh, economics to history, a um, little bit of government stuff in there, and a few other random one-off things, logic stuff like that. Um, but it really goes into a, a level that you maybe didn't get in school, so it's it's really geared for adults. But we we have started Lorenda on some of that because. Um, it, it really is quite uh, robust in terms of the, the type of things that it covers. And it does have some supplemental materials that come with it as well. Slide, uh, slide decks and uh, some self quizzes and things. Uh, yeah, I've gone through uh, a couple of those as well. And even if it's too advanced for the younger kids, I like just gleaning little bits of information to be able to, to throw at them, which they enjoy. Same thing with the documentaries. You know, many, many evenings I will be sitting in front of the TV, cross-stitching or crocheting and watching some incredibly in-depth documentary on a world war or civil war or whatever. And just so that I can 
give a little bit more information to the kids. Sometimes I'm filtering them to see, okay, what age range do I want to watch this? And other times it's just for my own information to be able to share more with them. Speaking of filtering, I, I know that's one of those things that sometimes comes up when you're dealing with history or politics. Um, it, it's funny, sometimes you run into things you don't totally agree with in terms of how things are presented. Um, and, and that's not always what you might expect. You know, sometimes it's, yeah, you know, maybe you, you know, you always think of something like creationism and, and evolution, you know, as one of the big things that uh, people get kind of split on. But there's certain things with like the way government's presented or even sometimes the way history is presented, you know, absolutely. Some, some books are a little less um, unbiased, I guess you would say. And and they they insert some things. In. And honestly, and, and both political sides do that equally. Oh, yeah, for sure. But honestly, we probably have just as much problem with some of the, the Christian curriculum options out there when it comes to history stuff. A lot of them, especially when it comes to U.S. history. Manifest destiny. Yeah, and definitely don't disagree that God was at work throughout history and even in the U.S. But sometimes some of those get a little bit too much like America, the the chosen promise. There's some, some founding father worship in some of them, it feels like. And that's honestly the biggest reason that you are part of the deciding factor in what I choose to show and not show and how and when I choose to present these topics, because we don't really shelter them from opposing viewpoints. Um, we just, every so often I'll come up across a line in a book and show you and be like, does that sound right to you? And other times, you know, I'll be reading to the kids and just omit a line from a book or other times I'll, I'll read it and say, okay, what do you guys think about that? And start a conversation yeah, I think it's good to expose the kids to various different viewpoints. And we we do. We don't we don't totally shelter them from things, but we'll talk about why certain people believe certain things or why maybe some people think that hey, there should be a government solution to this problem and why we maybe don't think there should be a government solution to that problem. There's really not many problems I feel like if any, <laughs> that I feel like the government solution is the best. But but anyway, um, rather than just saying, hey, here's the right answer, we try and expose them to various different views because that's, that's really what's going to happen out in the world. And you want them to be equipped to deal with views that are different from theirs and, and, and know what's going to be out there when people um, – are, are having conversations with them as they grow up and things like that you know so it so it is good to to expose people to those things but i guess it is kind of nice to have a little bit of uh control over maybe you just don't do this one section in a book or maybe you don't watch this particular documentary because it just goes a little too far uh, one way or the other in, in terms of how it presents information right um and i'm i'm always impressed with our kids and the depth of thought that goes into the questions that they ask. Uh, we've had a conversation about a penny picked up off the ground turn into an hour-long discussion on the gold standard and fiat currency on a car ride once. <laughs> yeah, I really like that, especially Lorenda, she, she's curious and she likes to ask questions about the world, you know, and draw conclusions without us really having to put a lot of 
ideas in her head. I mean, she probably picks up on things just from hearing us talk or from the way we teach or things like that. But she will draw conclusions on her own, which I really like. You yes. know, she'll be she'll be talking about um, whether it's something like a tax or whether it's something like, you know, economics and and say, well, if this happens, then won't this happen or won't won't this be more likely to happen? And she's good at stitching together those those bits of information and drawing her own conclusions, which, which I'm, I'm happy, you know, that that's good. I mean, I think as a parent, you want to see your kids get to that point where they're, they're thinking independently. They're not just taking everything that they're told, uh, and, and believing it as fact. Um, they're, they're being discerning and they're being a little bit skeptical at times even. Yeah. And I think we may have mentioned them before, but one of the great things for leading some of those discussions are those Tuttle Twin books. Yeah, they're really great even for the younger kids. And so what these are, it's a series of books from Libertas Press and it's Connor Boyack who has written these and he's done a great job. A lot of them are classic economics texts um, that are a little bit more liberty leaning and they're adapted into kids stories. And so it's about these these twins, the the Tuttle Twins, I can't think of their names right now, but it doesn't really matter. They're the Tuttle Twins. And so it's something like you've got uh, the Tuttle Twins and the Miraculous Pencil, which is a distilled version of the classic I Pencil essay by Leonard Reed. And it's talking about like that book talks about the economy and how things kind of arise spontaneously. You don't necessarily need to have this central planning committee. Um, it talks about how you think about something as simple as a pencil and how nobody really has all the knowledge to make a pencil and no one has all the resources to make a pencil now granted you could probably make something that functions like a pencil but if you if you think of your typical you know ticonderoga number, number two, two. <laughs> yellow pencil you've got graphite you've got the wood you've got the paint you've got metal you've got rubber for the eraser all this stuff goes together in certain ways it has to be uh, procured from different parts of the world it has to be assembled in a certain way and to do that yourself actually ends up being a little bit of a ridiculous task that you know granted somebody maybe could do a number a number two pencil but when when you really start expanding it out from there something complex like a, a medical instrument or a computer or an automobile you start seeing that all these parts of the economy depend on other parts and this book is really showing how because people trade freely and they build the thing that that they know how to build and somebody else buys that the economy manages to function without somebody telling this guy over here to mine graphite you know this guy over here to cut down trees this guy over here to develop the the paint or lacquer or whatever that goes on there to make it yellow this person to, to make the rubber. It, it just happens because people specialize in those particular things. And when there's a demand for certain parts of their product, they're able to sell it to people. And it and it takes those, those concepts and the kids really understand it by the time it's done. Each book has vocabulary words in the back and some discussion questions. And they all have great discussion, in particular with the pencil one. Uh, one of the discussion questions was, is there anything that you can make completely by yourself? And I believe Macy goes, a baby. And Omri goes, 
oh no you can't and the whole classroom erupted in <laughs> laughter uh yeah i remember that <laughs> that was kind of funny so uh anyway we'll get into uh how to teach uh sex ed and reproductive studies <laughs> to your homeschool kids at some point i would highly suggest just getting some livestock get, get some livestock especially like get ducks because ducks are rabbits you know um enough said there i i think <laughs> i think you can figure it out from there but yeah and the other thing with the the tuttle tones books they're they're not dry either i mean they're they're written as fiction they're written about like these adventures that these two twins have um ethan and emily i guess are their names and it reads like a story it doesn't read like a textbook and it, it really breaks things down into a level that you know some of it's probably over oliver's head as a six-year-old but, but he, he loves them it. yeah he and, gets so excited when i break out a new one yeah and they're not super long they're they're maybe i mean they're they're 50 pages maybe but a lot of those you know pages are just full illustrations and the text is really big so like i said it's very much like a um an easy thing that you can sit and read and and you know 15 minutes or something you can find out about those at uh, livinglifefuller.com slash tuttle twins that's t-u-t-t-l-e and uh, i highly recommend picking some of those up even if you're not really officially homeschooling you just want a good set of books that covers um you know economics and things like that especially like i said from a little bit of a uh, liberty leaning standpoint definitely worth picking up and they usually have some good sales going on uh, as well other than that i don't know any other things that you you want to mention in terms of things that we add into the social studies routine no i think that about covers it if you have any questions, let us know and we'll cover them on another episode. Yeah, for sure. I think maybe at some point we might go into uh, an episode just on documentaries and podcasts. We talked a little about some of those, but uh, there's a lot of stuff between Curiosity Stream, Amazon Prime, Netflix. You know, we don't do a whole lot of going to the library for documentaries. We, no. we, we do for books and things, but... Um, there's probably some stuff there as well. So maybe we'll have to go through and, and compile a list of um, some favorites, some favorites on each of those services and stuff. But for now, I think that's going to wrap it up and we'll see you back here uh, next time for episode eight. Again, you can get the show notes at livinglifefuller.com slash seven for this episode and have a Merry Christmas.